Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We finish our series today on the book of Psalms where we looked closer at this book and gleaned from it invaluable treasure. We believe that through this series your worship of God went deeper and your love for him grew stronger. We have Geshom share with us from Psalm 73 and helps us understand how we can approach God unashamedly and unafraid knowing that he will hear and answer us. Hi church, welcome to Church Online and uh, for those of you who are watching or for those of you who are later on listening to God's word, uh, I consider it a joy and a privilege that I get to stand here in front of you and speak God's word to you today. And even before we get into God's word, I just want to take some time to just say a quick word of prayer so that his word will fall on good soil on our hearts. Lord, even right now, I just thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for all those who are watching online and those who are listening. I pray even right now, Lord, even as we listen to your word and even as we meditate on your word, may it come alive, Lord Jesus, in us. Holy Spirit, would you do your work? If areas where we need to change, convict us. For areas where we need strengthening so that our faith can be secure, kindly do that, Lord. We are desperate for you. We want to lean into you, Lord. Be with us and bless us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, we are coming to the last part of this uh, series that we've been doing on Psalms, studying the Psalms. And over the course of the last five weeks, we've seen from Psalm 22, 16, 94, 39 and 34. And Going through all this, it's evident that if there's one overarching theme is the fact that we can come to God as we are. We can come to God as we are. And today I've taken from Psalm 73. It's a psalm of Asaph. And uh, even as I was reading through a whole bunch of psalms that were written by Asaph, there was something that I could relate with him uh, on a personal level. He was a musician. He was appointed by David so that he can bring glory to God in God's house. He was giving of himself. That's why he was there. He uh, many a times was being honest about what he felt standing in God's presence. And even as I was meditating, I realized God wanted me to come to that place of being honest. It may be for those of us who are serving in some capacity. Big or small, we all tend to get lost in our serving. For some who uh, are shying away from serving, we feel like if we go there, we will be expected to do certain things. And I think one of the liberating things is the fact that you can only be real within between yourself and God. And Asaph has done that. And so my sermon title for today is The Standpoint of Faith. Today, we all have to take a stand with regard to our faith. We all have to take and make decisions with regard to our faith. And so what did Asaph do that would strengthen his faith? Because he's here, he's a chief musician. You know, when you look back, he uh, served, he was appointed by David. He served under Solomon's regime. He also was there during the dedication of the temple. He was skilled, definitely, because to last uh, from uh, David to Solomon, from a worship leader himself to appoint someone, you know, I feel like many a times we uh, are in security placing, but here Asaph is a very secure person. He knows who uh, he is and who he's called to serve. 
and he did it diligently. And so even as we go through this uh, psalm entirely, there are a couple of uh, close to 20 verses, we'll go through it part by part. And as we meditate on it, I'm sure there are areas that the Holy Spirit will convict because he convicted me when I was preparing. He convicted areas where I have questioned him time and again. But I want to look through that entire thing of what Asaph did because there's a way in which he's written the entire psalm. At the end of it, he goes back to God. So today, our main intention of doing this is so that we'll go back to God. That because we know when we are in his room, when we are in his sanctuary, when we are in his church, when we are amongst believers who are of the same faith, we can only go back to him. So let's read from Psalm 73 today. Psalm 73 verses 1 to 3 and this is what it says. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Asaph starts the psalm by saying, you know, God is good to Israel for those who are pure in heart. He's heard the stories of uh, how Israel has journeyed from Egypt, from slavery, how they've experienced freedom, how they've been allotted lands and how they've, you know, been through the seasons of judges and now in the season of kings. And he says, we need to have a pure heart. God is good to those who have a pure heart. And he starts off by saying this because he feels that he is not having a pure heart. Today in 2023, a lot of us are just coming to church to put attendance. We want to mark and say, you know what, I'm here. But are we coming here so that we will get our heart right? So that the remaining six days of the week, we will live according to what he's called us to live. And so today he says here, God is good to those who are pure, who are pure in heart. And he knows that he's not had a week probably where his heart has been pure. He's honest. He comes down to saying, you know, my feet almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. If you see people who are climbing mountains, all they need is a small area to keep their foot and stand. And many a times we feel like our faith is not standing on firm ground because we are struggling with our co-workers. We are struggling because our integrity is coming in the way of how we need to do things because we are followers of Jesus and the world is expecting it differently. Or you feel like you're lost, you're not included in the crowd and you're away from certain things. And so we try including ourselves. And most oftentimes we make decisions where we feel like we've slipping or some of us are even slipped. And so today, even before guilt and shame can set in, Asaph is starting to look at his heart. God, I have slipped. I have, I have thought of things that probably are not right of me to think. I have seen, um, you know, through the lens of the world and not through the lens of you. Because he goes on to say in verse 3, For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And today it might look to us, everyone outside of the faith is thriving. They've got it good. They've got good jobs. They've put in good positions. Their business strategies are working. They're able to make ends meet and travel the world. Today we need to come to a place of being real with God. And so can I ask you, church, can we come to a place of being real? Many a times we mask it. Today we are, as Christians, many a times we are jealous of those who are within the community of faith. Leave it on the people who are outside of the faith. We think, you know what, 
that they are prosperous and I am not prospering. But Asaph here is like, God, I feel like I've slipped. I've started thinking outside of the goodness that you've called me to live. And Asaph, when he's talking here, he's clearly talking of two camps. Our Christian faith is one where we need to choose which camp we are part of. The camp which belongs to Jesus or the camp which is not belonging to Jesus. And we, especially in this situation, can we are in the camp of Jesus, but we feel like our foot is slipping. We are not able to stand our ground. And we are looking and comparing ourselves to the people on the other side of the camp. And so, how do we look at God matters? Because maybe a lot of us are having one struggle after the other and we are questioning God. But it's interesting that if we've decided to follow Jesus, which means he's ahead of us and we are behind him and following him, wherever Jesus goes, we go, we will experience certain things. We will experience storms, we will experience hurricanes, we may experience hail. But if we ask Jesus to follow us, and the minute storms come, we will disown the faith and we will move off to the others. And I think when I am, when I was looking at these verses, it reminded me that a lot of us are in this place of contemplation where we don't know whether Jesus is ahead of us or he's behind us. Because if he's behind us, we can reason out and give up on the faith that we are called to live. But if he's ahead of us, our eyes have to be on Jesus. Let's go on from verses 4 to 6. It goes on to say, They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. And so Asaph here is looking at the other side and he's like, God, they don't even have struggles in their body. They seem to be healthy. They are, they are strong. They seem to be, you know, free of all the common burdens of school fees, of business doing well, of marriage being okay. They seem to have everything and they are confident in who and how they live. God's calling us today not to live lives of comparison. Not to live lives of comparison. If there's anything that we can compare today, is between us and God, not us and fellow human beings. The life that we've chosen to live is the one where we follow Jesus. And our comparison can only be with Him. Our grievances can only be with Him. The way that we see blessings can only be with Him. The way we see fulfillment can only be with Him. If we have to compare it to the people around, we will see things we will Spirit of jealousy sets in, spirit of, you know, uh, discontent sets in, spirits of envy, malice. And before we know it, we're not exhibiting God's love, the love that he has for us to show in this earth. We, in fact, are insecure. We start belittling what he's doing. But here we see Asaph being honest before God. He looks at them. He says, God, why God? He's comparing only to God. He's not going and comparing it to other people around. He's careful about that. He knows he can only take it to God. So he's being honest with God. 
And many a times, the outworking of our salvation happens from inside out. The problem when we compare with people outside, they their fulfillment of life is, is seen from what the way they live outside. And here, I'm not here to say that, you know what, we don't have to grow socioeconomically. All that is good. But oftentimes, we are judging everyone by what is portrayed outside. We don't know what's happening inside. Our salvation is an inside-out experience, which means it works in and through us and manifests itself outside so that others can experience. My change is just not a one-off change. It's a living-out change, which means it's lived out every day, every year, every season. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. Paul writes to the Romans and he says, you know what, our faith is not worth comparing because we are not going to enjoy this life here on this earth temporarily. This is a very short phase. This is a very short phase. We see a lot of people who are aimless here. They think if they have made it here, we are striving to build something for us. For those of us who are in our 40s, want to establish, as our, establish ourselves. For those of them who are in their 50s, want to build a legacy. But I think if we are following Jesus, we will do what he's calling us to do and everything else will follow. We will leave a legacy for Jesus so that his name will be glorified, so that his name will be caught by many others in the coming generations. So let's stop comparing how they are living. The second part of Asaph's comparison is comparing how the others are behaving. And he's being honest with God. A lot of us many a times are comparing, we have these mind talks just by ourselves or we you know, have our besties and we are talking to them about it. But can we take it to God? He says in Psalm 73, verses 7 to 10, From their callous hearts comes iniquity, their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice, with arrogance, they threaten op oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. Today, you and I are comparing a lot between how we live and how others live. We see their behavior. We see, you know what, God, I'm here exhibiting the fruit that you want me to exhibit because I have the Holy Spirit in you. But they seem to be getting away with it. They make to be, you know, they, they cause a fanfare of all the little things that they do and they seem to be doing something there, Lord. Why? Why do I not get the visibility that they are getting? And I, the problem is our comparison over the years has just magnified. And today, you know, you don't have to be amongst them. You can just be sitting in your home all by yourself. For those of you who are watching our church online right now, can also just be simultaneously be scrolling through some other Instagram posts and be saying, God, why are they having the life? They seem to be traveling to destinations. They seem to be having it put together. They seem to be putting it all. They have everything. They, you know, we don't know the struggles, but we make assumptions based on their behavior. But today, are we making life choices, faith choices based on comparison of how others are living and how others are behaving? Or are we making life choices and faith choices based on what God's asking us to do? Which means 
I have to live a life of contentment. What does comparing look like? Are we coveting another person's wife? Are we coveting another person's family? Are we coveting another person's wealth? Are we coveting another person's body because I'm not happy the way I was created by God? Am I coveting another person's skin color because I feel this has given me a bad deal? Take it to God. Take it to God. You will soon realize the way God created you was for a purpose. The doors that are meant to be opened by God for you will happen the way he's created you. Not the way you want to be created or the, what, the things that you want to have. Many a times we fail to see God wants to open doors the way he has created us to be. And soon we come to that realization. We'll be comfortable in who he's created and we will be able to see differences happen. So today, can we look beyond comparing? Can we look beyond? John Piper says this, this is God's universal purpose for all Christian suffering. More contentment in God and less satisfaction in world. More contentment in God and less satisfaction in the world. We are not called to be satisfied by the world. Rather, the world will use us. It will see what it can benefit from us, leave us there and move on. But we need to have a contentment in God. What does contentment in God look like? In a season where I'm used, I'll know why God's using me for that season. The season where I'm doing the next thing, I'll see that God's enlarged my tent to do something a little different from what I've done. And I start encouraging those who are coming, you know, after me. And as this goes on, you'll see beautifully that as Paul writes, the older are looking after the younger. They are teaching them ways, decisions. And in turn, what happens? His kingdom expands. His love expands. His sufficiency expands. His uh, his community expands. So today, can we stop comparing? And as Asaph says, our cry can be only taken to God. And Asaph is in this position as a chief musician, as a chief worship leader. He knows he can't take it to the king. He knows he can't take it to others around. But being in the presence, he can only take it to him. And so my encouragement today is find a community. You need to be amongst other believers. Come to a place where you can gather every week. We gather here every week. And I know many of them don't feel like coming. But it's when they come here, I'm sure God is speaking and ministering to them. Bring your questions to his sanctuary. So our cry is to God alone so that he will listen to us. Psalm 73 verses 11 to 12. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Verse 13 to 17 goes on to say, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishment. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. We see here that, you know, as um, Asaph is talking, he's going to God. He's saying, God, I know you, but these are my struggles. My flesh is struggling. 
because all this is happening it feels like i've you know kept my heart in me. it seems like all that i've done till now seems useless because others are not even following this discipline are not following this correction that you're giving this revelation of your truth allows them to you know i'm living in uh, in within the boundary lines they are living outside the boundary lines they seem to be prosperous why why god it see he says here every morning when i wake up it seems like i've been afflicted with new things the thing about following jesus is he carves out the things of the world outside he peels it out of our very nature if lying was something he removes that if for those of us who are struggling with addictions he handles he gives us a grace to push through that so that we'll make the right choices for those who have anger issues he allows his spirit to saturate us so that we won't have those outbursts for those of us who are mentally you know wanting to give up and feeling like a cloud is sitting over our head a dark cloud he's encouraging us to push through and come out and it feels heavy the author here asaph is talking of the heaviness that comes with following him he says i'm not able to speak it out because if i speak it out others in the community will feel like i'm betraying their faith and we can only bring it to god god alone can handle our distress god alone can handle our insecurity god alone can handle our struggles you know in this day and age of mental health being big and counselors being big you know i would encourage you for those of you who are following jesus if you can really be honest with jesus stop pursuing and being so honest with your counselor you know at the end of it if it's all about feeling good go ahead but if it want change to happen go to god if you want to see a change happen in your child go to god if you want to see a change happen in your marriage go to god if you want to see change happen within yourself go to god by me saying this i'm not denouncing going to counseling it's not for some of us it's very serious we need to go there but don't discount what god can also do there's a reason why asaph says here i have if i had spoken out like that i would have betrayed your children there is a sense of i need i can only bring this to you i can only bring this 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 heaviness that i have the the reason why i feel like i'm slipping the reason why i feel like i'm struggling i can only bring it to you he says till i enter the sanctuary of god then i understand the final destiny which means he's able to see i am not about the temporary i'm about the eternal i'm not about you know uh, getting it right here i'm about getting it right for eternity often times in a pursuit of getting it right here we compromise we make certain choices which you know does not cause us to be happy or we are not proud of but with jesus with eternity in mind we will be living heaven here on earth we will be living a life of contentment of love and joy and of peace so today are you feeling heavy are you feeling are you feeling this heaviness take it to god don't take it anywhere else he stopped and take it anywhere else he took it to god and so today i would ask you to take it to god you're wanting that breakthrough have you sought god 
honestly? Or are you trying to control everything by yourself? And the reason why Asaph says, I'll bring it to the sanctuary is, my struggle and me taking it to God will bring encouragement to another person who is also struggling in the community. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And so church, I want to encourage you. You're not in this alone. As Asaph, he, as he is struggling in this alone, he steps out, takes it to God, finds God, and then is amongst people. He's still there. He's still worshipping. He's still leading. But he's leading from a right place as we conclude the psalm. As I was uh, reading through, I came across a story by Sadhu Sundar Singh. It says, you know, he was on a long journey and he rested in front of a house. Suddenly, there was strong winds that's coming and he saw the sparrow that was struggling to fly against the wind. And the other side, he saw this eagle come. He knew that in a moment, the eagle can snatch the sparrow. But the sparrow conveniently saw this him sitting that he just, just came straight and fell on um, you know, his lap and the eagle couldn't come close. And this is what he says when he narrates the story. He says, as the sparrow was threatened from a different direction, the sparrow flew into my lap. By choice, it would not, it would not normally do that. However, the little bird was seeking for a refuge from a great danger. Likewise, the violent winds of suffering and trouble blow us into the Lord's protective hands. Your questions are right. You're, uh, you've been abandoned. You've been struggling in a relationship. You're broken up. You've struggled in work. You're struggling with your self-confidence. All these are real. All these are real issues. Take it to God. Your insecurities, take it to God. Your insufficiency, take it to God. Fall in His protective hand. Don't allow the world to devour you. Today, how does the world devour Self-help, the world devours you through ways in which they give, try giving you coping mechanism which is not even proven and tested. At the end of it, do they actually tell you how peaceful they are? Never trust content because at the end of the day, it's marketing. It's, it's, it's not the right way to consume. It's not lived out. Consume content that's lived out. Lean into people who've lived out their faith. Asaph comes to a conclusion saying, God, at the end of this, I don't want my opinions to thrive. I want your truth to rise above. Psalm 73 verses 18 to 20, and this is what it reads. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakens. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant and I was a brute beast before you. And Asaph realizes at the end of it, I'm sorry Lord for comparing because I know where they are headed. I know where they are at. I know what position that they hold. If their riches crumble, 
they will crumble with it. If things fail around them, they will fail with it because they have no hope. But my hope is in you. And so today, for those of you, it says yeah, how completely they are suddenly swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakens. They seem like fantasies. So today, trust the process. Let's be repentant of the eight times when we've failed to trust the process God's taken us on. Abundance is good, but the road leading to abundance is one of struggle and, you know, hardship. Where our faith is renewed, tested and made fine so that it lasts a lifetime. So today, ask God to take your doubts to him. Take your questions to him. Allow him to answer. Seek him diligently. When, when, when we want things here on this earth, we do it diligently. Take, take that same diligence to him. You want that breakthrough in your life? Go to him diligently. Be honest with him. Tell him, God, I messed up. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Would you please deal with me? Asaph goes on to say this beautiful thing. He says, God, your strength will become my strength. Psalm 73 verses 23 to 26. It says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have high in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Asaph comes to this conclusion saying, God, you are the strength. Who have high in heaven but you? There's nothing that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart will fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. There's a worship song that was sung with the same exact words. And I believe as we are entering into the next season, as we've completed six months uh, of 2023, as we are entering into the remainder of the six months, may you not go into a place of comparing and feeling, you know what, I've not achieved anything, but may you go into a place of fullness, knowing that God, you are my strength, you are my portion. I will seek contentment. I'll be happy at the place that you call me in. You know, many a times we are looking for what is pleasing to our ears, is convenient for us, is easy for us. In fact, we choose churches which are convenient for us. We choose communities which uh, have the certain vibe that we want. But if you're all following the same God, shouldn't every community matter? Shouldn't every gathering be the same? Even if it's in a different language, wouldn't it be the place where people of God are gathered together because it's the same God, it's the same Holy Spirit who's ministering to us. And so today, wherever you're at, if you've not plugged into a community, if you've had hesitation, I would say don't look for something that will vibe with you, but rather see, are they really having Jesus in their congregation and get plugged in? Because your strengthening of your faith will happen in situations like that. Your strengthening of your inner man will happen there. Your life's journey will be increased and strengthened there. You know, many a times we think, um, I need to surround myself with these kind of people. 
but god wants you to be surrounded by people who love him care for him i mean who love him wholeheartedly who are doing what he's called wholeheartedly surround yourselves surround yourselves with people who have taken those steps of faith and seen god come through surround yourselves with people who have the miraculous god work in and through their lives so that you will be able to experience that miraculous in your own life today we take a lot of time to put ourselves together we set our clothes up we make sure we've we've you know we follow the right influences of what to wear with what of how to look of whether my hair is good whether i put the right band or whether i have the right strap for my watch it will all pass away where is your heart are you filling up certain things because your heart is empty are you trying to make certain things look right because you're feeling unfulfilled entirely inside never judge things by an outward appearance i've learned that time and again i've learned that time and again we need to move to a place of finding god's strength to be our strength god's portion to be my portion god's uh everything to be my everything and as i was reading this i wanted to be encouraged and the beautiful thing about this is this entire verse especially verse 24 it says you guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory the word counsel there in the passion translation it says secret wisdom so this is not wisdom that comes of following certain leadership gurus who are giving out wisdom it's secret wisdom which means god wants to speak certain things exclusively to your ears decisions that you can make that will change the course of your life that secret wisdom he wants to speak into your ears are you tuning your ears for that are you willing to listen to him are you willing to commune with him so how does god speak often times we are pursuing saying god i want to know how you're speaking but the right question that we need to be asking is how do i listen to god speaking because god is speaking am i listening right to hear his secret wisdom i need to be close anything that has been spoken in secret is done like how we talk it's at that close so today what is our takeaway from this entire psalm that asaph has written suffering will come in fact you know um, uh, tim keller wrote in his uh, in one of his books he's given this quote which says if you see god as the non negotiable good of your life you will get happiness thrown in if however you aim mainly at personal happiness you will get neither you will get neither he has to be the non negotiable good of your life and today many a times he is the negotiable thing today am i leaning into god wholly and solely a lot of us today you know if you have to have this response like asaph it's because he only leaned into god today a lot of us even after you're married we're struggling to lean into our spouse you're rather leaning still into our parents how can god speak something for your marriage when you're leaning on to someone else today as a young person you're probably leaning on to the 
patterns of this world, the, the systems of the world. He's asking, would you lean into me? What is he speaking to you? What is he wanting to encourage you? You're scared you'll be part of the rat race, but he'll say, being part of it, I can still do something new. I can still do something different. Today, when that one dream job of yours goes out of your hand, do you think life is over or still do you have God who's in control of you? Situations will change. But if I have to find fulfillment, it comes down to me leaning on God wholly and solely. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of a mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. If some doors have not opened for you this year, it's probably because God's will is not for that to be opened. He has something else better. Come to terms with it. Allow Jesus to go forward and follow Jesus. And as Asaph said, you are my strength. You are my portion. You are my everything. So today, I don't know who I'm talking this for, but I believe a lot of us today are pursuing things which need us to come to a place in God. Is this of you or is this not of you? And is, if this is not of you, Lord, let me pursue what is of you. So that his good and pleasing and perfect plan will become into fulfillment. Trust his timing. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything that's ahead of us. I would trust God and follow him every day till I close my eyes here on this earth or till I see him face to face. So today, church, even as I conclude, the standpoint of faith is first we stop comparing how we live. We stop comparing how the others live, how the others behave. And we come to terms with the fact that, Lord, I am on slippery ground. I am been doing this and be honest with God alone. And so that because when we are honest with him, only he will listen. Many a times people around will not understand, but he only understands. And I come to a place of realizing that his truth will prevail. My opinion will fade away and that his strength will become my strength. Can I just pray for you? As Asaph sought encouragement from his word, I want to speak that over your life, that God's strength will be your strength. Whom I am high in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lord, even right now, I just pray for each and every one, Lord Jesus, who are listening to this. I pray if they are going through a hard time, a hard season, and if all that we've done is compare, Lord, and we ask for repentance right now, we say we are sorry and we ask that you would come into our situation right now. We openly ask and lift our hands, Lord, in submission and say, you are our strength. You are our portion. Who have I in heaven but you? There's nothing that I desire beside you, Lord. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you are the strength of my life. Would you come down, Lord Jesus, into each and every home right now, into each and every situation right now, into each and every decision that we all have to take. I pray we'll come to a place where we are not afraid to come to you with our doubts, afraid to come to you with our questions, afraid to come and be honest with you, Lord. And even right now, as people do that, as they take time this week to be honest with you, 
would your revelation happen right now, Lord? And even right now, I just recommit all of us that you will go ahead of us, Lord Jesus, that we will follow you. We will follow our leader. We will follow our God. We will follow the plans and the and the things that you have set out for us, Lord Jesus. Go before us. Strengthen us. I pray that, Lord, your peace and your joy will prevail. Strengthen each and every one, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, even as you step out, I pray specifically that God will be your portion. God will be your strength. If you're having heartaches and strife and questions, please take it to God. And we as a community of believers are here to pray alongside with you, to see and intercede so that God's miraculous will come and work in and through you. I pray specifically that God will work in and through your life, that He'll strengthen you, that He'll bless you, and that you'll be changed inside out so that in due time, you will bear a harvest so that many others can taste of His goodness and see what He's done and follow the same God that you're following. I pray that you'll be encouraged. God will strengthen you. His strength will be your strength this week and for the days to come. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, Whoever finds Jesus, finds life.